Good morning. I just want to welcome you today. welcome you this morning, God, into our hearts, into our lives, Lord. May this time be a time that we focus on you, Jesus, that we examine our hearts, Lord God. If there's anything there, Jesus, that you need to just talk to us about today, God, and have us surrender in your presence today. I pray, God, that that be the attitude of our hearts this morning, God, as we just lift you up in worship and we sing God of your blessings we sing with thanksgiving and praise on our lips Lord because you are worthy Jesus may all glory all honor go to you today Lord we love you Blessed be your name in the land that is plentiful, where your streams of abundance flow. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name when I'm found in the desert place, though I walk through the wilderness. Blessed be your name.
God, we love you so much. And we just pray, God, that this morning, that whatever is burdening our hearts, Lord, may it be just the election results, Lord, this week, or just the state of our, our community, God, just going through so much right now, God. I just pray, God, as we pray together, God, we pray ultimately, God, for unity, God. You are a God of unity. And whatever that process is to get us there, Lord, we trust you. We trust you, Jesus, and we know, God, that no matter the outcome, that you work all things together for your good. And we believe that today, God, and we praise you with that in mind, Lord. You are so good. And all that is within us, God, is lifted up to you today. Sweet. 
to sing this new song this morning. We've sung it one time before. And it comes, the origin is out of the Old Testament, where the people were um, asked to light incense as a form of worship to God. And so obviously we don't have to do that today to um, show God our, our, um, our praise and our worship. But today through Jesus, our incense is our worship. Amen. So during the bridge, it says day and night, night and day, let incense arise. And that just talks about our attitudes of our hearts as a form of incense, as a form of worship, that it is day and night, night and day. It's not just on Sunday mornings. It's every moment, every breath. Amen.
he said, this is my body, whenever you do it, and partake of it, do it in remembrance of me. So let's just take that together. Father God, we thank you for your body. Still and all alone. 
I need to use this so the folks online can hear. And uh, I'm going to preach like there's 10,000 in the room today, if that's okay with you guys. Um, Hey, just uh, one quick announcement that I want to just make mention, whether you're here or joining us online. Um, We want to, you guys know in the past, we've always blessed some folks for Thanksgiving. We want to serve our community. And so um, we have a couple families even uh, here that are in need in the in our church family that we're going to provide some Thanksgiving meals for. Um, And also we're going to try to identify a couple families in the community that we can help out. So um, if you guys want to next week, we'll, we'll kind of have all that figured out. But if you want to reach out to a board member or myself or Ambika, we'll give you the details on uh, what's needed and, and what we can do to just uh, make somebody's uh, Thanksgiving a, a special time and be a reflection of Jesus to our community. Amen. So, I'm glad you guys are here. I'm glad you're joining us online. It's a nice day. 
Hopefully somebody's playing golf for me. It's warm enough to play golf, probably the last time all year, right? Um, but uh, what an incredible weekend we've had of sunshine and warmth. And yesterday was just unreal. Um, you know, there's a lot going on in the world, but it was fun to see our neighborhood just uh, be able to just uh, reach out to the community. And, and some of them had just creative ideas on how to keep people safe. And uh, from a distance, we had people manufacture things that slung candy down sidewalks for folks. And it was just a lot of fun to see our neighborhood. It was just, it was bustling. It was like uh, as busy as I think it would be any other year. But, uh, and it was fun too to see adults out and just uh, be able to say hi because you don't get to do that even if it was from a distance last night. So, yes, I know there's discussion and debate that can happen about Halloween, but uh, how many of you know that 365, 24-7, we're supposed to be a reflection of Jesus, and that's our opportunity to do that, right, is, is to, to serve people all the time. So I was thinking of a story about this nun that um, works for a local home health care agency, and she was making her rounds. She was out making her rounds, and, in visiting people, but unfortunately she ran out of gas. Um, but as luck would have it, just down the street, there was a gas station. So she walked to the station to borrow a can with enough gas to start a car and drive to the station to fill up. The, the attendant at the gas station regretfully told her that he had just loaned out his gas can, but if she would hang out, he would make sure that when it was returned, she got it next. Well, since she was on the way to see a, a patient that needed her help, she decided not to wait, and she walked back to her car. After looking through her car uh, to find something to carry to the station to fill up with gas, then to bring it back and fill up her car, she spotted a bedpan and she, that she was going to take to a patient. And always resourceful, she carried that bedpan to the station. She filled it up with gasoline, and she carried it back to her car. As she was pouring gas into the tank of her car, Two men passed by her, and one of them looked at the other and said, Now that is what I call faith. Now that is what I call faith. So good. Got to have faith, right? Hebrews 11, 1 through 3 says, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients, ancients were commended for. By faith, understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. Let's pray. Father God, I just pray today, God, that, that Lord, faith would arise in this place and online today in a deeper way, God. That we would have a deeper understanding of, of what that is and what that looks like and and how we are to live in faith in our lives, God, and that it isn't some foreign, weird concept or, or some uh, crazy concept that just weirdness occurs, but that faith is a principle that you have given us to live our lives and be a reflection to others, God. And I just ask today that your words would come out, that your heart would come out, and that, that we would have a new understanding of faith today and, and solidify the faith that we have in you, for you, to do the miraculous, for you to, to, to work in our lives, and that we surrender it all to you, no matter the outcome. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, Amica and I actually haven't talked about what I was talking about today, but it was very interesting as she was praying, and some of the things she said are actually um, some principles that uh, she 
must have stole out of my sermon. So maybe she did look at it, and I just don't know about it. But I just feel like I'm, I'm saying that really just, just um, to me, those things are confirmation that the Holy Spirit is wanting to speak something to us. So when it comes to faith, there, there are debates and there are discussions about what it is, what it isn't, what to believe, what not to believe. So what is faith? How do we live it out? What does it look like? And most importantly, what is our faith in? I would say recently in your mailbox and your TVs, the media has been trying to put your faith in certain political candidates, right? Trying to convince you that what happens on Tuesday, have you, have you ever heard the message more than you've heard it this year? that this is the election of all elections. It's going to change our world, right? And they're trying to convince us that what happens on Tuesday will impact our world in a dramatic way. And it, and it might. It might. There are, there are, there's legislation that might be passed. There are policies that might be passed. There are uh, wars that might be entered into. There are fights that may happen. There are things that may happen that continue to make us feel like our world is going down the wrong path. But will it influence our faith and where we place it is the question. I'm not talking about burying our heads in the sand and on things that should matter. But will we live our faith out in such a way that it impacts even those that feel the world is ending because someone was elected. People put their faith and exercise their faith in all sorts of things. There's people that put their faith in celebrities, athletes, in their own abilities. How many of you know there's a lot of people that have faith in themselves, so much faith in themselves that they can't depend on anything else, right? But what does faith mean in light of pursuing Jesus and how do we live it? Because we've talked about it before, but there are so many people that have left the church or have given up on Jesus because they were told that they didn't have enough faith and that's why something happened to them. Or they were mad at God because they believed God for something that didn't have the desired outcome that they wanted. Some people want to equate the word faith with a doctrine or a denomination. Some people, when you hear that word faith, they just assume it's a certain, a certain doctrine or denominations that, that talk about that more than others and, and, and that it can be some weird thing like that suddenly snakes and chickens are going to get hauled out in the front of the altar and, and there's just going to be all this name it and claim it stuff and, and all these things and there's these discussions and debates about that and so it can get uncomfortable for some people. At its foundation, faith is just as true and undisputable as the Ten Commandments. It's, it's just as true. I'm not saying that the word faith isn't abused or isn't misconstrued, but at its foundation, it is a key part of our lives with Christ. It's not a charismatic or a Pentecostal position, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with those positions anyways. I'm just saying that's not what it is. It's a Jesus principle, if you will. 
See, the word faith is used between 350 and 460 times in the Bible, depending on the translation you're reading. I think it's important to talk about faith. It's important, and it can carry us through even the most difficult situations. God is still at work, and he does miracles daily. Amen? You're breathing. That's a miracle. But miracles aren't measured by size. They're all big. It's just that sometimes our perspective on life and what's going on compares them when we aren't looking and living through the lens of Jesus. So we're going to go to Mark chapter 9, 14 through 24. I think this will be behind us maybe. Yeah. You guys probably know this, this story in Mark. When they came to the other disciples, they saw a large crowd around them and the teachers of the law arguing with them. As soon as all the people saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with wonder and they ran to greet him. What are you arguing with them about, he asked. A man in the crowd answered, Teacher, I brought you my son who is possessed by a spirit that has robbed him of speech. Whenever it seizes him, it throws him to the ground. He foams at the mouth, he gnashes his teeth, and he becomes rigid. And I asked your disciples to drive out the spirit, but they could not. You unbelieving generation, Jesus replied, how long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. So they brought him, and when the spirit saw Jesus, it immediately threw the boy into a convulsion. He fell to the ground and rolled around, foaming at the mouth. Chapter, or uh, verse 21, Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has he been like this? From childhood, he answered. It often has thrown him into fire or water to try and kill him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. If you can, said Jesus, everything is possible for one who believes. Immediately, the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. There's a lot of things that we can learn from that. When the enemy's at work, he's trying to destroy us, right? He's trying to throw us into the fire. He's trying to throw us into the water. He's trying to destroy us. So it's interesting to me, the disciples couldn't seem to help this dad and his tormented son. Why was that? These guys were the closest to Jesus. They were of no help at all in this situation. And they were the closest to Jesus. They knew Jesus. They saw him do miracles. They saw him do amazing things. They were with him when those amazing things happened. How many of us have been with Jesus when a miracle has happened? We've been in the presence of Jesus, I'm saying, and we've seen a miracle happen, and then two days later we forget that we were even in the presence. And then we begin to complain about our own life, forgetting of what we just saw. And if we go back to verses 14 through 17, it says, they came to Jesus, they saw a large crowd, and they were arguing. And then Jesus says, hey, what is this argument about? And, and then they ex explains what's going on, right? Can you imagine there is a boy needing help 
And they are arguing instead because the people they thought could help couldn't help. There was somebody in need, and they were too busy arguing. See, the enemy wants us to be divided. He wants us to divide over people not meeting our expectations. And he wants us to equate faith with desired outcome of a situation. That's what the enemy wants us to do. He says, if you don't see this thing in your life that you're asking for, if this doesn't turn out the way that you thought it should, then maybe you just are serving somebody that isn't real. He's going to try to convince us. He's going to do everything he can to convince us, right? That's why he went to Adam and Eve and said, did God really say not to eat? Right? But faith doesn't equal desired outcome. This doesn't mean that we shouldn't have faith for the miraculous to happen because it still does. If, if you can't say amen to that, if you can't say that in your spirit, I'm not talking about being loud, standing up, throwing your hallelujah hanky, but that's okay. If you want to do that, it's good. I'm okay with that. But if you can't say amen to that, then you need to ask God to just reveal the miraculous in your life and the lives around you. Just this past week, I heard of two amazing stories of miracles, and I, and I did verify both of them. I know they just weren't stuff floating around social media that were just uh, hoping you'd get a like so they could sell your email address to somebody, um, right? They're, they're real stories. But one was a, of a couple named Brandon and Sarah Shaw, who just a couple hours after they posted their post on their private Facebook page, their friends began to share it, and it became a viral thing. There was like 50,000-some shares in two hours. It was crazy. But uh, a couple of weeks ago, she's pregnant. A couple of weeks ago, they went to the doctor. The doctor said, there's no heartbeat. You've lost your baby. You're going to have to come in next week for a procedure so that we can take the baby and, and take care of you. So, so they pretty much made peace with that. They had lost their baby. They were heartbroken. But they made peace with that. And, and just, uh, just uh, on the 29th, they went in for that procedure, and the doctor did an ultrasound uh, on Sarah to, to just make sure everything was still where it was supposed to be so they could do this surgery and take this baby. And uh, when he did the ultrasound, he stopped and he said, we're canceling your surgery for today. Your baby has a heartbeat. Your baby's alive. And... Uh, so here this couple who hadn't probably loudly proclaimed that that baby was not gone, but they'd actually made peace with it. They knew that they didn't understand the journey, but they knew that they were going to be okay, but that it was heartbreaking. They went in expecting to have this procedure, and now they still have a heartbeat and a live baby. And the second was... Um, I don't know if any of you have seen this, but Pastor Luke Barnett, who's a pastor of um, Phoenix First, it's actually called the Dream Center. It's the same family. His dad, Tommy, was Phoenix First Assembly pastor, but um, and his brother, Luke, runs the Dream Center in L.A., which you guys have heard me reference before that literally has changed the dynamic of a city. Um, and him and his uh, young daughter, uh, young adult daughter, were on a hike. They're raising money 
to help end human trafficking, and they are on a 800-mile hike over several, um, you know, weeks. And uh, last weekend, they were up hiking, and they were going up a, a trail, and a 1,500-pound boulder dislodged on that hill and was heading right for his daughter. And Luke, in a moment of just trying to save his daughter because he knew it was um, trouble, he pushed his daughter out of the way, and the 1,500-pound boulder rolled right over him. And if you guys don't follow Luke, um, you can get on his uh, Instagram page or, or search on his Instagram page, and you will actually, his daughter, after it happened and after she got him kind of situated, um, she actually is videotapes the trail they were on, the boulder. You can see the boulder. It's got stuff all over it. And, and w they were sure that that boulder went right over his head, and she was sure that her dad was gone. Well, somehow, miraculously, she was able to free him from out from under the, the boulder, but somehow, miraculously, it hit his hips and twisted up his pelvis pretty bad, broke some ribs, broke his femur, crushed his hand. It, he was a mess, but he lived. And uh, they got, and then she had to run to the top of the trail. She had to get him comfortable, leave him there for uh, 30 minutes, run to the top to get cell phone signal, call a helicopter. The helicopter couldn't even land. Actually, had to drop a bag down to secure him and pull him out of this canyon to get him up to where they could get him. And he's actually, I, I don't think he's out of the hospital yet, but I think he's getting out this week. 1,500 pound boulder, no explanation. Yeah. And a, and a, just an amazing story. An amazing story of what a dad would do for his kids to protect them. But then in that, that he could have totally been destroyed and God preserved him. God still works miracles. He still works on our behalf. In Mark 9, 19 through 23, it says, you unbelieving G generation, Jesus replied, how long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. So they brought him. And when the spirit saw Jesus, it immediately threw the boy into a convulsion. The enemy will always try to get your eyes off of Jesus. He always will try to get your eyes off of Jesus. And he fell to the ground and he rolled around foaming at the mouth. Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has he been like this? From childhood, he answered. It has often thrown him into the fire or water to kill him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. If you can, Jesus asked. Everything is possible for one who believes. And immediately the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. Kind of harsh, don't you think, Jesus? Don't you think that's a little rough? You unbelieving generation. How long do I have to put up with you? I don't recommend us talking that way to others. Jesus' heart is always in correction to change the direction of our life. When he corrects us, it's always to change the direction that we're headed. It's always to change the direction of our heart. How many of us would say that we need a culture now that looks to Jesus 
to correct us, to change the direction of our heart, rather than us debate and be the right ones. Jesus was trying to help here. He wasn't addressing the outcome. He wasn't yelling at them and telling them, you fools, this guy is not delivered. That's not what he was addressing. He was addressing their unbelief and their attitudes. In fact, I can imagine it playing out the way things in our lives often do. The disciples came into this situation full of belief. Full of belief and trust. All right, we're going to pray for this boy, and this boy is going to be set free today. This is enough is enough. We've had enough. We're going to, we're going to see this happen right now. But when things weren't happening quite the way they saw, they started pointing fingers at each other and they started doubting because of what they were seeing. But faith, according to Hebrews, is confidence in what we hope for and assurance of what we do not see. Is that where the disciples were living? No, absolutely not. Not in this situation. We need to learn that faith isn't about what we see, but it is about believing for the impossible and yet submitting the outcome to Jesus to get us through whatever comes our way. Jesus is alive and he wants to work through us all. I know it's easy for us to live by what we see, but faith is having hope no matter what we see or hear. Faith is having hope no matter what we see or what we hear. It isn't the denial of circumstances, diagnoses, checkbook balances, or who holds political office. But it is a profound belief and trust that God will do amazing works through all of it, and yet submitting the outcome to him and proclaiming, I will still trust no matter what happens. And I know that that can be hard, amen? <laughs> I know some of us would say, but Clint... I've asked for things, and I've trusted God for things, and it, it, it wasn't the outcome of what I'd asked God for. And I completely understand, and so does God. He wants to remind you, first of all, that he does care for your situation. He cares about your loss. He cares about your disappointment. He cares about your hurt or whatever else you've experienced. And he wants to love you through that. He wants to guide you through that. He wants to grow you through that, and he wants to bring peace to those situations. It isn't a question of, of, of your faith being big enough, because faith does not equal desired outcome. He's calling you, though, to trust him, that he will use all things for the good of those who love him. People will get in the way. Sin of the world will get in the way. The enemy will try and get in the way of desired outcomes. But those things will never get in the way of God's goodness and his faithfulness and his love for us. The outcome does not change God's character. They will only try and discourage us and divide us to believe that God's characteristics are false. 
I actually believe we have a faith problem in our world. We have misconceptions of, of what it is from almost every angle. We think it means desired outcome. We think if we have enough of it, everything will always turn out the way we want it to. We, we put it in the wrong thing. We think faith is some weird, obscure thing that just certain denominations focus on, like I talked about at the beginning. Or we somehow think that if we declare faith, if we declare in faith that something will happen, and it doesn't, that in some weird way, we're going to have to defend God because it didn't come through. Oh, well, I know that didn't happen, but, but let me just explain to you how God is. And we feel like we have to defend him. And we don't. Because his character's never changed. He's good. He's good through it all. Would we be a believing generation, a believing church, a believing nation once again that would say, God, we know you will do miracles. We know you do them still. We trust you to do miracles. We know that through you and from you comes all good things. But no matter the outcome, I won't turn away. I won't throw a fit. I won't pack my stuff up and go home. But I'll trust you. I submit the outcome to you. I want to celebrate stories of your supernatural work that everyone will be fired up about. How many of you know when you hear a miracle like that, and if it doesn't, ask Jesus to help you, okay? But if, if, if those stories that I didn't hear didn't excite you a little bit, and get you excited in your spirit that God is still up to something, right? Those things fire you up. And I know that it could just as easily have been said, and there may even be somebody, whether it's in this room or listening online, that would say, well, that's not how it turned out for me. And God sees that. And he's going to say, I'm still going to love you through it. I'm still going to help you through it. But we want to be able to celebrate those stories of supernatural work that God is doing in our lives that will fire people up. But we also need to say, I'll trust you and I'll declare your goodness despite the outcome. Can we even say that about this Tuesday? Hey, no matter what the outcome, I will celebrate and I will proclaim your goodness, God, because you are still on the throne. I know that there may be struggles, and it doesn't matter who is elected. There will be struggles. But I am going to reflect your goodness to others, God. My mission while I'm here on earth, will you still do the miracle of allowing my heart to beat? Will you still do the miracle of allowing me to live? I will reflect your goodness, and I will declare your glory to everyone I meet. Does everybody know the rest of Mark 9 that we didn't read? Here it is. When Jesus saw that crowd was running to the scene, he rebuked that impure spirit. And he said, you deaf and mute spirit, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. The spirit shrieked, convulsed violently, and came out. The boy looked so much like a corpse that many said, he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him to his feet, and he stood up. 
After he'd gone indoors, his disciples asked him privately, why couldn't we drive it out? And he replied, this kind can only come out by prayer. I will tell you that in the last 20 years, I've been in Brazil where almost the same scene took place. And God's the same now as he was 20 years ago. And he's the same now as he was in the book of Mark. Jesus is the same, the same king of kings, the same Lord of Lords. And I actually can tell you, and I just thought of this now, that as I shared that story of Brazil, I also saw scenes in Brazil, much like the beginning of this chapter that we read, where people were believing for things in great belief and then things weren't happening, or they were trying to manufacture things happening that weren't actually happening. Why? Because their faith was in the wrong thing. It was in themselves. It wasn't about reflecting God's glory. They wanted to argue because the result wasn't exactly like they wanted. Are we ready to be a people that would say, Jesus, help me with my unbelief? Whether it is your first time putting your faith in Jesus or you're asking about a specific circumstance, and are we ready to pray? Are we ready to pray? Because prayer is the key to exercising our faith. You want answers? Pray. You want to see healing? Pray. You want to see deliverance in an area of your life? Pray. But please remember that the outcome doesn't have anything to do with the amount of faith you have. God is good no matter what. He is faithful no matter what. He loves no matter what. You guys heard me share it earlier this year in August when my dad was diagnosed with cancer. I am believing with all my heart that God would do the miraculous. And I can tell you there's time after time, if we don't have time in this service to go through it, but if you want to hear some of the cool things that God's doing in my, in my dad's life, you can, you can ask me about it. But I've seen God's faithfulness through it all, even when the outcome hasn't always been exactly like I would hope. And I'll tell you what, there's been other voices that have actually tried to distract us from what we were supposed to believe. They tell us, well, you don't want to go down that road medically because this will happen. I read an article. I Google doctored it. I know how it is. Right? But we've seen God's faithfulness. And we've seen God's goodness. And he's going in to the hospital this week for another round of chemo. So if you want to pray, please pray with me. But I believe with all my heart that God is going to do an amazing work to his body and has continued to be faithful there. But I have also submitted the outcome to Jesus. And I can tell you that so have the rest of my family. Because God is good. God has been good to my dad. God has been good to my family. So I have faith for the miraculous to take place, but I still submit the outcome to God. And I say, despite it, I will worship you. You got to have faith. If you just come to church on Sunday and have it and go home, then we'll eventually open the door for the same things that happened at the beginning of Mark, where arguing takes place, where people feel inferior, and division takes place. So could we agree in faith today for our country and for our church, for our families, for our communities, 
And we don't have to be loud about it, but we do have to be bold about it. Yeah, amen. We don't have to be loud. I'm loud. Okay, I'm loud, and that's okay. That's the way God made me. And I've learned to quiet down over the years. I'm like, I was like at a 14 a few years ago. Now I'm like at 11. I'm, I'm working my way. But I still want to be bold. I still want to approach Jesus with boldness. We can't be silent. We can't just sit back and play church. I, I saw a saying earlier this week that I so appreciated. Let me see if I can pull it back up. I swallowed something the wrong way. I promise that's what that is. The good old days mentality will rob you from the best is yet to come mindset. The good old days mentality will rob you from the best is yet to come. Do you know the best is yet to come for all of us? As good as he's been in our lives, I'm sure Pastor Jim could tell story after story of God's goodness in his life. And there's probably days where he feels like the best is in the past, but Jesus has still got him here, so there's got to be something better, right? Amen? The best is yet to come should be our mentality. We need to believe for great things and yet submit the outcome to him. So as the worship team comes, can we just take a moment? Can we just take a moment? All of us have some unbelief in our life in some areas. It's true, right? Can we just have a moment? Just ask God, Jesus, just help me. Help me with my unbelief. Help me when I'm not fully trusting you. And help me be believe that you still want to work on our behalf, that you still want to do miracles on our behalf, that you, that you still want to bring glory to your name through the miraculous and the supernatural even, God. But Lord, help us to not just declare that, but also just submit outcomes to you because faith does not equal the desired outcome, God. We trust you in all things. We know that your goodness and your faithfulness will shine through in all things. Your glory will shine through if we allow it in all things. It's not about your desired outcome, Father God. It's about us trusting you and believing you and allowing you to love us and us be able to love you and worship you and reflect your glory to, uh, to others, God. And Father, I pray for this church right now that we would continue to grow and begin or uh, continue to be a people that would pray God for this city 
in this community, for this church, for the leaders of this church. Lord, that we would pray for the pastor that you have for this place, God. The one that you've already selected, God. That we are just waiting for your time because you're never late or never early. You are always right on time, God. And Lord, for our country, God, I know it would be the understatement of the century to say that Tuesday is a big day in our country. But it's but a vapor to you, God. And Lord, I just pray, God, that there would be peace and unity, God. And I believe that you can do that, even though we don't have much hope towards that because we've seen what our world has been doing, God. But Lord, we we trust you and we believe you, God, that you are going to heal this nation as we turn to you, as we worship you, as we lift our voices to you, God. I thank you for people like we saw last week on the mall in Washington, D.C., tens of thousands of people worshiping and praying and lifting your name high in our nation's capital, God. And I pray, Lord, that we would all recognize, God, no matter who is elected on Tuesday, in our presidency, in our governor, in our Senate, whatever it is, that you are still on the throne, God. That you are still in charge, God. That we know the outcome of a life with you. And so we just place our trust and our hope in you, God. And Lord, let us be people that would work towards peace, God. With everyone around us, God. Whether they believe the same things as us or they do not. Help us work towards peace, God. I just, I just right now just come against this attitude that's just kind of pervaded our culture and invaded our culture that says we have to always be right and we always have to debate and we always have to discuss and we always have to prove. God, I pray that we would we would have an attitude that is we always have to love and we always have to serve and we always have to ask you what you want us to do, God. Because you are worthy. You are worthy of it all, God. You are worthy of our lives. You are worthy of our worship. You are worthy of our service, God. But Lord, we just want to put our faith in you today, God. And I just ask that we would do that right now as we sing this chorus, God. That we would just do that right now as we sing this chorus, God. And that we would go away from this place not forgetting what you've put on our hearts, but remembering it throughout this week and especially on Tuesday, God. (laughs) In Jesus' name. You're worthy of it all. You're worthy of it all. For from you are all things. To you are all things. You deserve the glory.
Jesus, we thank you for this message today, God, of faith. No matter the outcome, God, we submit that to you. And we have faith, God, knowing that you work all things together for your good. For from you are all things and to you are all things, God. Thank you, Jesus. Just a reminder that this Wednesday night is uh, prayer night here at the church. And if you're not able to join us at the church um, for any reason at all, please set that, si- set that time aside at your home or at your workplace or with your family and just pray this Wednesday night. I believe that um, God is going to do the miraculous as we continue to have faith. And I know that we get worn down. There's a lot going on right now. But I believe that when we are worn down, it helps us to get past ourselves and focus truly on what God has. Thank you, Jesus, for what you have for us, God. Because we know it's good. And sometimes we want to cling on to what's familiar. God, but that's not always your best. And I just pray, God, for God's best for each and every person that can hear my voice, God, as we pray together this morning. And we exalt you, God, in that. And we trust you in that. We know that you've already won the victory, God. And as we grow closer to you, God, our faith grows. And we trust you, God. I just pray for this young lady that the prayer request came in this morning as we were here in church. And I just want to lift her up, God. You know the specifics of that situation, God, of her heart, of her situation. God, of where she's at with her relationship with you, God. You know all those things. And we just... Give her to you today, God, and may you work the miraculous in her life, God. May you also just bring peace to her mom's heart, Jesus, like only you can, God. Peace that passes all understanding, Jesus. We lift her up to you today, and we trust you with her life. And I pray, God, that you just bring people into her life throughout this week, God, that will speak encouragement to her. God, people who love you, Lord who will help her, God, on her path, draw nearer to you, Jesus, through this difficult time. We love you, Lord, and we we thank you, God, for just the power, God, of prayer, that you've allowed that to be, God, just a, a way where you work the miraculous, God. It's one of the great mysteries, Jesus. But we trust you, God. We trust that there's power in your name. And as we speak your name over these situations, over our lives, over healing, God, that there's mighty power in the name of Jesus, of Yahweh. You deserve the glory. 